Get creepy. <laughs> My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 116. And in this episode, we are going to just discuss the movie Orphan from 2009. And I have never seen this film, but everyone around me has hyped it up for so long. Now, I did know the ending before I watched it, which everyone which was so su- unfortunate. I know everyone was super disappointed about it, but I didn't know any of the stuff in between. Like I didn't know what she, why or how or what was going to happen or any of that. That was all a surprise to me. So there still was some mystery there. So if that makes you feel any better, I didn't know anything else except for the ending <laughs> or like, even not even the ending. It was just the fact that I knew who she was, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, so did you know that she was an adult? I did know that. Okay. Yes, which does make it a little creepier when you're watching it, but you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. because most people watch it and they don't know anything. They don't know she's an adult or you know the whole story and you've seen it before and you know exactly what's going to happen. I only right. had this one bit of information so it was and there's a lot of good movie in there without that information so yeah hopefully yeah there is I actually even though even though (laughs) this movie has been out for over 10 years now I haven't seen it keep in mind I have been waiting for a movie like this for such a long time and I I know that feels weird because it's been out for so long but I I haven't watched it I've been waiting to watch a movie like this for such a long time this hit so many chords with me I was so I had so much fun with this film it gave me so much anxiety it made my heart race so many times it made me so angry in so many places and I was so frustrated over and over which is all the things you want in a good antagonist Mm -hmm. and Esther the orphan is such a good antagonist man she is I just you know I just wanted to strangle her the whole time and (laughs) and, you know you think she's a child and I have never wanted to put a child through a wood chipper (laughs) so much like I even texted you I was like this motherfucking kid (laughs) like god so Let's talk about it. I do have some questions that are kind of not relevant. And also I was the whole time I was like, is that Miss Vera? Is that Vera? Yes. yes. Isn't she so young? Yeah. Seems. Like I couldn't tell the whole time. I was she like looks so much like her sister in this one. She does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was really not off putting in a bad way, but it was just kind of like when you know her from the conjuring and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, you're just kind of like, I can't tell if that's her or not, but yeah. it is. And she's an amazing actress in this. She's an amazing actress anyway, but she really puts it on in this one. She's oh, amazing. Super sells it. And her counterpart, again, she seems to have chemistry with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like she just, and yeah, so they does. seem like a married couple. They do having lots of issues. <laughs> like, yeah. Sad. Yeah. Yeah, which it started out so horribly. I was like just eating my dinner and then all of a sudden gory stillbirth. I was like, oh, God, like this is literally why I can't eat with horror movies anymore, because all of a sudden sometimes there's gory stillbirth. (laughs) 
Yeah, you never know. You never know what you're going to get. Like, it's a nightmare she has in the beginning. And she has this horrific nightmare of this. She she has this horrible stillbirth. And she's having nightmares. And she's in therapy about it. And she's also a recovering alcoholic. And it's awful. But that's why we are going to adopt a child. Because she, you can assume she either doesn't want to go through childbirth again. Or she can't. And more than likely, she cannot. Right. And either way, totally justifiable. But they are going to go to an orphanage. And I also brought up this question in my notes, which is irrelevant to the movie, but I needed to know because I have really seriously looked into adoption before. So this is just kind of a question that I had. Do they still have traditional orphanages like the one they went to in this movie? That's a good question. In the United States. Like, I don't know, but I I know we're not going to do a research project right now. So I guess that's just more of like an open-ended question because it's literally just like an orphanage you would see. You know, it's run by nuns and there are rooms lined with beds and classrooms in the building. And, you know, and this is 2009 Mm -hmm. and it was a modern film. It's not like they were throwing it back to the 50s or before. So I was just curious. Like, now you see foster families and agencies and group homes and yeah yeah it's this is definitely just like a very traditional like 30 40 girls orphanage exactly yeah exactly so (laughs) I was just like is that still a thing like I I didn't think it was but I'm that just sparked my curiosity I suppose but they also have two other children and they have a daughter who's the youngest. She is also deaf. She does have a cochlear implant and she can hear enough to read lips is how they describe it. And they also have a son and he is older, but I think he would be in between Esther and the youngest or about Esther's age. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it says, but they're about the same age, I think. Right. They go to the same school, so you can assume. Yeah, which Esther is nine apparently allegedly nine years old and it's his the daughter's name is max Max, yeah maxine and trevor yeah okay so maxine and trevor so maxine is really sweet like oh wait no i'm sorry it's not trevor it's daniel daniel that's right i would have gotten there eventually because i wrote down (laughs) Danny later and maxine is really sweet we call her max she's lovely sweetest little girl and She even talks about her sister being an angel sometimes, and it's just devastating. And she really wants another sister. And you can kind of tell, though, that mom's not really ready for this. Like, super not ready. Yeah. And that's really sad. Like, maybe the rest of the family is. It seems like Daniel is kind of like, he could not, he doesn't really give a shit. You know, yeah. well, it's basically she wants to give the love that she had for her unborn child to someone else. And you can tell in the movie they're not having sex. That's a huge part of this problem. Like there are multiple times where he'll come up to her and she'll be like, nope, can't tonight. I'm sorry. So even if she can have kids, they're not doing the things to make them. And honestly, I think I would be far too traumatized mm-hmm. to one Yes, have a child, like physically have a child, but also whether you're on birth control or not, there's always a small chance you could get pregnant. So if you are literally traumatized from childbirth, wouldn't you want to not do the thing that could 
potentially right. cause childbirth. Like, yeah, because that is so devastating. She goes through her entire pregnancy and has to be induced, and her baby is dead inside. Like, imagine that. Trauma. I like talking about this. If this is something that triggers you, I think we may talk about it for another moment. But I literally could not imagine going losing a pregnancy at any stage but having to go through labor literally delivering like a physical child after all of that and labor is a long process I couldn't imagine that whole time sitting there going okay this is a dead baby yeah that's terrible and then yeah like she even mentions at some point I think like holding her child like nope Uh, And that's like one of the reasons we've talked about, like, I have a lot of female problems and like, I don't know if I want kids, even if I could like had no problems with female issues, but that was also a big reason why my husband and I have looked into adoption because like, they were like, oh yeah, if you ever want to, you'll be very high risk. And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. mm, don't, I don't, that's another big reason. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to handle that. Like, I don't want to have to handle that, you know? emotionally yeah, if that's an option I would probably also be like mm, I'm skipping that one let's adopt because there can be heartbreak with adoption too you think you have a kid and then you don't but it's different you know it's a different exactly. type it is heartbreaking but it's a it's a different type of heartbreak yeah. you know they say oh not this one maybe the next one and it's like okay but as opposed to carrying a child and then losing it I mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly so this is a I didn't consider this the same type of like grief movie that I've considered like a del Toro film or like hereditary, but it is very Mm -hmm. much like there were some scenes I was like, Oh God, like there's one later in the film when Esther really goes full psychopath yeah, where she, she just does something horrible and we'll get to it. And I was like, yeah, see that I would have just, I would have killed her. I would have killed her Mm -hmm. and we'll get there, but it is about a big grief film. Yes. Um, y'all know how we feel about those. <laughs> so. so they go to the orphanage and they meet Esther. And Esther's playing it smart. The other children are running and they're loud and they're playing, which is great, you know. But there's always something about a special, quiet kid reserved that I think draws people in, especially as adults. We want to bring in like the different the wounded the soft-spoken well it also helps that her family is very artsy this mother actually was a piano teacher at Yale and the father is an architect so he sees her drawing and he's like oh my god I can bond with her a quiet reserved artist like the rest of us exactly so that's exactly where he goes he's wandering around he sees her painting and he goes right in. He immediately takes the bait, basically. Mm-hmm. So they start the paperwork to adopt her, find out that she's from Russia. She was with a family. The house burned down. She barely made it out alive. The rest of the family didn't. That's right. a horrifying story. So now we find out more about her background. And we also want to take her in even more at that point we need to give and and that's totally fair I would too you find this sweet little painter nine-year-old that's been through this horrific tragedy not only that but you know and I think this was even an adopted family if I yes yeah so she's already been orphaned adopted lost that family and is back 
Exactly. That's super sad. Yeah. So let's give her her final home, like make it happy and wonderful. So they take her home and she is, they're showering her with gifts and love. And it's this wonderful, you know, homecoming with grandma and brother's super jealous, but sister is super excited. And it seems great momentarily, but Esther notices and is very observant that Danny is super jealous and she's going to play off that a little bit. And Danny is an ass though. Like let's no, just say that. Definitely it, true. His sister is deaf and has been for a little bit. The rest of the family, even Esther now is learning how to do sign language and the son, there's a dinner where he goes, mom, what's she trying to say? He doesn't even fucking care. Yeah, he has not made much of an effort. He's definitely not the outcast of the family because he's not an outcast of the family, but he is very much the, like, I don't know what the correct word here is, but he'd spoiled. rather be a part of it. He's yeah, definitely the spoiled, spoiled man. Yeah, he's very. definitely the spoiled boy child. Like, yeah. They haven't really done him many favors. And he, ha- mm-hmm. like you said, he hasn't even really learned how to communicate with his sister, which Esther is learning how to do. Now, she's not learning how to do it because she's just some sweet right. kid. But, you know, it's all for purposes. But as far as they know, she is learning how to do it because she wants to communicate with her sister. Mm-hmm. Now, Esther has this thing where she just wants to bond with her dad, her new adopted dad. Mm-hmm. Which starts to get a little creepy. But mm-hmm. I do have to mention here that now that we have Esther in the mix, the mom is starting to open up just a little bit. Like Esther, you know, is like, oh, you should teach me piano. And they start to do that a little bit. But they also have this, like, and maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I just like, it's kind of my next point in my notes. So if you want to backtrack a little bit, just let me know. But. They have this fucking sex scene in the kitchen and I'm like, you're trying to integrate a new child into your home. Maybe who's in your bedroom. Already traumatized <laughs> and also has wandered into your bedroom, your bedroom before when you were already trying to start something, which was already a private room. So she already is clearly wandering the house, still trying to figure things out as far as you know. And also you have two other children that might just want water or something. And you decide to just fuck on the island of your kitchen. Maybe fucking don't. I'm just (laughs) throwing that out there. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Don't. They're they're still adjusting. And you're just going to do that. But in the fun sense of their relationship coming back together. I love this scene because it's almost like a real sex scene. Like she ends up, they're doing it basically doggy style against the island. And she ends up trying to throw her head back and she fucking headbutts him. Like that's something that you don't always see in Hollywood, but may actually happen in real life. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And it's also really funny (laughs) Because when they get caught, it's definitely like panic ensues. You know, <laughs> yes. like because your pants up, and then he's like, "Fuck!" Because he missed out again. They haven't had sex in so long, and now this is twice that Esther has cock blocked him. Yeah, and Esther's super creepy. She's just like <laughs> staring at them from up on the stairs. Yeah, no, like 
you know, turn away. Oh, God, what have I seen? She just, like, stares at him and keeps walking. She's like, cool, cool. Interesting, like, interesting. Oh, I'll have him. I'll have him, bitch. That is my man. <laughs> that is my daddy. <laughs> well, two different verb, you know, not yeah. verb. That's that's not what I meant. Two different ways you can use that noun, you know, like. But she goes in and she's like, when grown-ups love each other very, very much, she's like, I know, they fuck. And I was just like, you know, okay, first of all, we get into talk how like talking about sex. You don't if I ever have kids, I'm going to tell them like the whole when two grown-ups love each other, you don't have to love yeah. someone to have sex with them, just to be clear. You can just have sex with somebody because you're attracted to them. Let's not shame people for having casual sex. Just going to throw that out there. Right. But once again, I love the scene that comes right after this because I really like their couple dynamic in this mostly or a lot of the time because I like the scene right after this. She's talking to her husband about, you know, Esther just fucking blurting out fucking (laughs) just right there. This nine-year-old girl. And she's talking about like, what do I do? I don't want to traumatize her. Maybe she was her last family. They were like, pass the fucking potatoes. And the part that I really liked is he's like no no she's just a kid she's just a kid she's like you don't know like you spend some fucking time with her and he's like all right bitch and I'm like that's something that Connor and I do to each other yeah <laughs> that's definitely I I laughed at that scene too yeah. but unfortunately that's pretty much where any comedy in this movie yeah. like comes to a screeching halt that's like Which the last with time yeah 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 that's like the last time you're gonna laugh because the rest <laughs> of this goes downhill very quickly and I don't mean in quality of the movie I just mean in like unfortunate circumstances for this family because Esther's a punk bitch (laughs) and they are dealing with a straight up psychopath right like but so basically she she is starting to get suspicious to mom about since Esther has like come into their lives, it's been really weird. And like, she has more knowledge of sex than they thought she would, especially for someone their age. And she's starting to get kind of hostile and she's wondering like, and this is very true of any time you foster or adopt, you're taking in a child that has, that could have a lot of trauma and mental health problems and all sorts of things that you don't know, which is totally fine and can be dealt with. But on that same coin, on the other side of that, you don't know what you're dealing with. Right. And that's all that this starts out as for Kate, the mom. And she's like, we just don't know what she's been through. And she doesn't bring it up until a little bit later, but immediately upon adopting a child, my first thing would be like, all right, we're going to find a therapist, whether I have okay, any. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Really quick. Yeah. That is a legal requirement. How are they getting away with her not having a dentist and a therapist that she's already fucking seeing? Well, one of the things that they do need, they say they they have to go to the doctor and they have to go to the dentist. But like, I totally agree with you with the therapist thing. Like, yeah, she should already have a therapist that she's working with. Honestly, the mom should have to shuttle her to her therapist that she's already been with for a while. Yeah, like that's how that works when you foster and adopt kids. So that's yeah. already, but but it's movie logic. I get it. Okay. Yeah, and 
I'm, I don't know what it was like in 2009, but I can't imagine social services was any different because you have to like, and even if you didn't though, like, wouldn't you, and whether or not, even with my own, like if I ever had biological children adopted or not, like you just kind of want your kids to be healthy in all the ways that they could possibly be healthy or unhealthy, you know, right? brain health is probably, I would argue the most important out of that because the brain can control a lot of the other physical health, you know, as if everything else is is healthy, you got to keep the brain healthy too. So, you know, maybe just keep a therapist for tune-ups and things like that. Or they can catch trauma that you don't even know is going on because let's be honest, your kids are not going to talk to you all the time when there's something going on because they're scared to get in trouble or they're just scared to talk to you sometimes. And that's, that's just natural, but get the kid a fucking therapist. And that's like, he's like, well, let's just not take her to a shrink just yet. Can we, that is so tired. Yeah. That is such tired language. Like, I have a cat that she has some like fucked up problems. If she were my daughter, like actual person, she'd be in fucking therapy. <laughs> oh my God. March to the yeah. therapist. Get in oh the fucking God. van. We're going to the therapist. <laughs> yeah. But she like, for example, something she starts to do, like especially Max, the little girl is like seeing so much of this because she's like, she's not going to say shit because I can scare her into not saying anything. So she's not going to tell on me. So we see a lot of this through Max's perspective and their interaction. So Daniel has a paintball gun, for example, and he he shoots a pigeon with it and for some dumb reason thinks that it's not going to kill the pigeon and he gets my really upset in so much fucking trouble oh 100 oh god you ever aim that at an animal let alone fucking pull the trigger you're in so much trouble and i don't disagree with esther's logic here of that thing is going to be in horrific pain until it's very slow death she's like you got to put it out of its misery that's your responsibility right, totally agree with a rock yeah, she takes a giant rock and then she smashes it, and the kids are like, "What?" It's the a fuck? little pigeon smack, snap its neck or something. Like I don't know, a rock. Honestly, you could probably hit another one at point blank at its head, and it would kill it. Right. I know that sounds awful, but like it's a paintball gun. Those things fucking hurt. Those mm-hmm. things, like, jeez. And she kills the pigeon, and she also has a bully in school and she fucking launches that bitch off the fucking slide at a park and breaks her leg oh my god it lands like you see the whole thing you see her like smack into the slide it's cold and you know how much pain hurts even more when you're cold Mm -hmm. and she breaks her leg on the slide and you're sitting there with it going oh my god oh yeah that thing had to just Mm, oh my god and And then Max saw that too. So she knows that this is just fucked, like what's happening, you know. But Max is still keeping it to herself. Even her mom fucking knows. That night at dinner, both parents are like, so what happened? We're hearing this from her parents. And mom even looks at Maxine and goes, what do you have to say about this? And she's like, no, she slipped. And mom just stares at her for a second and turns away like, I fucking know you're lying. I mean, I understand like an adjustment period is needed, but if I had like a foster child, an adopted child or a biological child and they were like breaking people's legs, like, and that's a hard situation to be in as a parent, especially like 
they don't know that she's being bullied. And if I knew my kid was being bullied and they retaliated and let's say, okay, you push someone off a slide. Maybe the intention was not to break a limb and just be like, Hey bitch, fuck you. But, uh, they did not do anything about it. They didn't follow up with it that you see on camera, obviously, but you can assume because they didn't do anything on camera that they let it be. So you're just gonna just let that let that go. And if they didn't know she was being bullied, which you can also assume they didn't know, they can also assume she just did that for fun. Right. So, uh, but it no. could be an accident. That's what we're left with because just accidents happen around Esther sometimes. Also, if I was that bully's parent, I would be coming after those parents. Oh, like we don't see it, but I guarantee you they paid for her surgery and all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. A hundred and ten percent. Yeah. So Kate is starting to get suspicious, though. She's just not outwardly coming after Esther yet. But one of the sisters from the orphanage who did all the paperwork... She says, she calls her and is like, hey, how are things going? And she's like, you know, did you go to the doctor, go to the dentist? And Esther's like, I don't want to go to the dentist, blah, blah, blah. She keeps bringing that up. But she's like, well, I just wanted to let you know that like, you know, over the phone call, bad things tend to happen when Esther's around. Just letting you know. And she, Esther's like, doesn't like that, obviously. And she can see that they're talking on the phone. And then also the nun later comes to the house. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem for Esther because she's calculating all the time. And when the nun comes to the house, that is especially when Kate is like, there is something going on here. How do you like let how like she's one kind of mad at them for not connecting enough dots with this kid that they just adopted out right which is fair especially when you're dealing with children we've talked about psychopaths before they can do a lot of damage they can kill other children exactly like easily she could have easily killed that girl she pushed off the slide and now she's got a younger sister that's danny would be a little bit harder to hurt but she proves that it's not not too hard not too hard yeah because she almost succeeds and max is super easy to kill they at least hurt very badly yeah but not only that she fucking kills a grown-ass woman because after that nun comes over her... in a terrible way too like the nun is so oh, scared dude. and it's so sad oh my gosh so after she warns the family the mom and dad this is really when they start arguing and their problems really develop the nun leaves parents are arguing she wants to take esther to her psychiatrist psychologist i'm not quite sure which it is the dad's like no 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 we don't need to do that me 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 which is so stupid and <laughs> The nun leaves and Esther tells Max, the bad lady wants to take me away. We have to do something about it, basically. Drags poor Max along with her, shoves Max out in front of the nun's car on the road so that the nun crashes her car and fucking kills her with a hammer. That's a terrible way to go. Pushes her body into a ditch and hides the evidence in the family's treehouse all along, like, making Max help her with this. 
And what's max? Yeah. Like six? Yeah. Poor Just this poor six-year-old is going to have so oh my God, much so trauma. Oh my god, so many. Especially after the end. I was about to say, because this god. is just like the first thing she sees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is not it. I would almost just rather die <laughs> than have to deal with everything this poor little girl is going to have to deal with throughout this years entire upon home. Years of therapy. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. So, now the nun's dead. You know, that's unfortunate. But then Kate is like, you know, definitely like she's just becoming more and more convinced but she catches daniel spying on her esther does interrogates him at night and threatens to kill him if he tells and he pees himself he's so scared so then you know max ain't gonna tell shit because she's already threatened to basically she finds a gun in the house and she says i'm gonna shoot your mom if you tell and she threatened to kill daniel and so that's basically and that's how a lot of adults tell keep kids quiet when they're abusing mm-hmm. them too so exactly. knows exactly what to do and you just get so angry at her as the antagonist 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 <laughs> like the whole time i was just like oh my god like you just she's a fucking no oh, oh my god so now she has a gun knows where a gun is and you're like fucking yes. great god She's just so infuriating. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. John doesn't believe there's a problem. Kate is smart and does. This next one really got me, man. John suggests that Esther should do something nice for Kate because there is tension between Kate and Esther. And one of the things, too, that Kate's like, what the fuck? Esther was like, teach me piano. And then she fucking walks in on her just like, being a master piano player like there's just so much weird shit yeah like so one of the things that she did with esther when she brought esther home was she showed her this beautiful white rose bush where she scattered her stillborn's ashes and put a plaque for her and basically said i know as long as this bush is growing i have a place for her basically you know right john was like do something nice for her as your mom this bitch goes and cuts those fucking roses, just cuts them down, makes yeah. a bouquet out of them, and hands them to Kate, who then lunges at her, which is fair, <laughs> grabs the roses, falls on the floor, and just starts wailing and sobbing because that was symbolic of her lost child, and it is now cut down. And she knows that that bitch did that on purpose. Yeah. He doesn't. He's like, no, she's just a nine-year-old. She was just trying to do something sweet. It's my fault. I told her. I told her to do it. But she grabs her arm, and then later that night, Esther puts her arm in this. It's like the like a Fucking crank psycho. Oh my yeah, God. and she breaks her own arm to blame Kate, so that basically her husband will think she's crazy, and then because of that, she wants to go drink kate does and they find alcohol bottles and they want her to go to rehab and basically esther is wants kate out of the house because she wants the dad to herself you know yeah totally logical for her to pose as a nine-year-old and fuck the dad like what (laughs) you could do so many other things but okay whatever (laughs) 
So the next day, Esther also releases the brake on their car when she gets out. So Kate gets out because her son's stuff all fell out of his backpack suspiciously. (laughs) And so she releases the brake on the car, causing it to roll with Max inside it. Luckily, it just falls up onto a snowbank. So really quick. Yeah. I had actually done this to myself when I was younger. Oh, God. <laughs> My mom and her long-term, long-time boyfriend were getting gas in, like, a mountain town that I had never been at before, so oh, we were on a no. hill. And I was little. I was looking at the gear shift going, they're not here. I'm going to play with it. I didn't realize that, you know, you could still move the car. So I moved it, thankfully, just into neutral, and her boyfriend raced at the car as it was going back downhill and managed to get it in time. But, yeah. No kidding. Fucking scary. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, this is all so that Kate looks like she's losing it. Yes, exactly. Like, it is so intentional. And luckily, I mean, Max saw it because she, like, smiled at her and threw it. And so, like, Max knew that she was about to, like, get into an accident. Like, that poor baby. Yeah, but she just rides it out. She doesn't scream or cry or anything. She's like, whatever. If I die, I die. (laughs) (laughs) And then Esther finds the wine bottles she found in the kitchen and John is like, okay, well, I'm going to take the kids and demand a divorce if you don't go to rehab. And then Kate actually does some research because good for you and calls over to like Russia, finds out that Esther came from an Estonian mental hospital and the orphanage Esther claims like she, they have no records of her at all. And because, and also the, the orphanage, like the nun never came back. So all these things, these puzzle pieces are starting to fit together. Mm-hmm. So, and she's had this like Bible with her and that's how she started all this research was Kate went through it and found all these pictures of these men in it that were of other dads, you know? Right. And the very back, it says Sarn Institute, which is really weird. What the fuck? Why would a nine-year-old have a Bible from the Sarn Institute. Maybe her mom was there. Nope. No. No, no. Nope. No, no. Nope. Can we talk about Kate's mo- mother-in-law for a second? We can, yes. She is such a fucking bitch. She is so unsupportive of this whole fucking family. Like, she is one of those mother-in-laws who's like, no, leave her. She's a bitch. Because Kate drank. Like, that's it. There are points where she basically treats Kate like she's this terrible terrible mother which she because of her drinking she did do messed up things but now she's not doing that anymore give her a little fucking credit and a little faith bitch yeah i mean she's done all of the right things she's in treatment she's in therapy they allude to this thing happening to max about her like i assume falling through the ice because kate was drinking and not watching her and they keep bringing it up yeah they basically Like, there's a point where she talks to her mother-in-law about not being able to go back to teaching at Yale, but she still wants to be a teacher. And her mother-in-law's like, oh, yeah, I figured they wouldn't take you back and because you had to have your moment of clarity. And Kate goes, that's an AA term. I didn't do AA. I just stopped drinking. And then she just fucking leaves. She was such a bitch. Your moment of clarity. Excuse me? Would you rather her still be a fucking alcoholic as long as she was working at Yale? Yeah, as long as she has a prestigious job. Yeah. Sorry, I just hated her mother-in-law when I talk about it. 
No, I agree. There was no need for the snotty comments because that's your husband's place to deal with his yeah. spouse, you know, and their problems. It's not yours, especially when it's already been dealt with and she's in recovery. You don't have to keep bringing it up. That's just like exactly but you know it's not the first time this has happened because kate even makes a comment oh that's something your mother would say right or your mother would be so happy about that like she's a bitch so she's starting to get some more information on esther but daniel finds out about sister abigail's death from max and then he goes to search the treehouse because max told him all the bad things are in the treehouse tell but- a parent Yes. Tell your mom. She's already worried and you've heard about it for a while, except it's the son. He's probably not fucking paying attention. But tell your mom, hey, I Max told me that Esther shit's up there. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, just tell your parents because all of you going together doesn't separate all of you. And she can't do like she can. But at least if all of you are together, like it's right. a lot harder to pick you off and but he goes by himself and of course esther heard them having this conversation and him talking to his sister so she follows him out to the treehouse while he's in there she pours gas on the treehouse sets it on fire happily like she's grinning it's so creepy oh yeah she's fucking crazy town and almost kills him but Mom, not mother-in-law. They're both in there. Mom's busy and mother-in-law's just her. Uh-huh. Even though she's the one giving her shit for not watching her kids. She's probably the one that was supposed to be watching the fucking kids. <laughs> what is she there just hanging out? Yeah, well, that's why she's there because he doesn't trust the wife to watch the kids. So he got mother-in-law to do it. And mother-in-law doesn't see a giant fucking treehouse burning down. <laughs> right. So Kate sees the treehouse burning down, goes out there. And Daniel is, poor, you know, on the ground. Because he had oh to fucking jump off the fucking, or he fell through it or had to jump off it. I don't remember which one. Which I get, and I don't think I would think that clearly in the moment, but I'm like yelling at the screen, kid, go for the trees, go for the trees. No. He goes for one of the posts and then it breaks in the fire. That poor kid. Yeah. I know that bitch Esther did it, man. Like if I was her, I'd be like, yes, yes, call the ambulance, but where's that bitch Esther? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh my God. And Esther starts coming at him once he lands on the ground with a big fucking rock. And Max hits her. And then you're like, oh, shit. It's going to yeah. come on. But here comes mom. Because, yeah, Esther almost fucking killed him when he was down. And Max fucking saved his life. Mm-hmm. So Max is done with her shit, too. Right. Like, God. So they are all at the hospital. While they're there. Oh, also, mother-in-law is responsible for this shit, too. Doesn't respect her parenting at At all. all. At all. God. So they're all sitting there, and she tells Esther, you sit right there, and you don't move. And she says, like, don't let her move. And then she's like, can I have a dollar to go get a soda? And Grandma's like, your mother told you not to move. But here, here's a dollar. No. If she said, if, God, I swear to all my in-laws, to my mother... What I say about my parenting is what I said. And mm-hmm. you, just because you raised me or my husband, does not mean you have the authority to override my goddamn parenting. Exactly. Especially because it all, almost gets Daniel killed again. Yeah, because instead of going to get a soda, she goes to fucking smother him with a pillow and his heart stops. Mm-hmm. 
luckily they revive him but max is like going to find her parents because she fucking knows she's going to kill her brother yep which is so sad max is the only fucking adult in the scenario and she's six Mm-hmm. so kate fucking knows after she sees her son going into cardiac arrest and they revive him, she immediately... Oh, my God. This would be me, too. Girl, don't do it in public, but this would be me, too. Oh, she lunges at Esther in public, starts Smacks screaming at her. Out of her. Oh, yeah. Backhands the shit out of that girl. Mm-hmm. And they have to sedate her, and she's in the hospital. And Esther's on the ground. Daddy! Daddy, So, ugh. Good. Gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So she attacks her and is restrained and sedated. And that night, while Kate's in the hospital, Esther cuts up one of her black dresses. John gets drunk, which is super unfortunate. He got fucked up. Yes. Poor guy, man. And it's so sad because he's, you can tell this whole time Kate's been the main parent that we're following. But he is also a parent because he just cries to her about how scared he is for Daniel and how much he loves Kate. Even though they're struggling. I mean, before this orphan came into their lives, I mean, obviously the loss of a child is going to change dynamics of a relationship, but they have been a whole family, you know, and he is also suffering. And I, he doesn't have a bad reason to assume that his wife is back in her addiction, honestly. Right. It's frustrating on the audience's end and you're mad at him the whole time, but but really. You also understand his real life reasons for feeling this way. Yeah. And you, it's so difficult as a first time viewer not to like Wikipedia the ending because you want to look at the (laughs) ending so bad because you want to know if this poor woman is vindicated after knowing she's right about everything, especially knowing she was right about her trying to kill Danny in the hospital and it's just like so frustrating this is such a frustrating movie not in a bad way but it is just like you're sitting there yelling at everybody wanting to kill that bitch like it is just Mm -hmm. like it just takes you on a ride you know right especially because not total spoiler but the family does not go through this unscathed they do lose a member yeah exactly i mean and really you don't know about one of the members either at the end yeah. daniel is left in the hospital exactly. at the end you really Who don't knows? know what happens to him yep so he she tries to uh, esther tries to seduce john and john basically threatens to send her back to the orphanage and that does not go well because he the- can't do this anymore which is so frustrating because kate was at that point and you were like no you're fucking wrong she's a little girl yeah don't be harsh on her she's just a child me 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 well Yes, but also don't use the same, like, threats, you know? Mm-hmm. Pick one. And I agree, like, ch- children should not be disposable. When you commit, you commit. But, like, this right. is different. Right. <laughs> She's killing your children. <laughs> that, that would be back to the orphanage for you. <laughs> so she gets super mad. She goes up to the bedroom. She starts to fuck it up. And in the meantime, Kate's at the hospital. She was sedated. She gets a phone call and she gets this phone call from this, what you assume would be a doctor. I think he may even say he's a doctor. Yeah. Dr. Varava or something Mm -hmm. from the Sarn Institute. 
And we find out that Esther is actually a 33-year-old woman with a special twipe twipe type of hormone disorder that is a also type of dwarfism and what she does is she poses as a little girl and she's in one of the most violent patients they've ever had and she's murdered at least seven people including the last family that adopted her and after she can't seduce the husband she just kills the whole family and she wears these ribbons the whole time around her neck and around her arm or her wrist because that's uh, where she was trying to break out of straitjackets. Right. She also wears these almost like Victorian dresses. I call them doll dresses where they're like ruffly and frilly and lacy. She wears them because I don't know any girls who listen. If you remember those dresses when we had to be put in them when we were six, they're, they don't show anything. I mean, this woman is in her 30s. She's got boobs. you got to have something that has a little more padding and isn't showy. Yeah, and they even say, like, what about jeans? What about this? She's like, you said it was okay to be different. And they're like, well, yeah, well, I guess. Right. She literally can't. If she puts on clothes that are going to show her figure, it's going to show that she's got curves like somebody who went through puberty and shit like that. Yeah, and she can't go to the dentist, one, because the dentists are going to see full-grown-ass teeth, but two, she mm-hmm. pops out these dentures and her teeth are just are fucked. fucked. Yeah, they are. And when they do show her, you know, taking off the clothes and, you know, She's taking scary. off the teeth, she is scary-looking. She looks like an adult. Like, mm-hmm. the transformation is very well done. Also, we haven't mentioned that this is the same actress who was Clove in... Hunger Games. Oh, I didn't even yeah. know that. Yep. A little bit older, obviously, but yep. I can see that now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, she did a really, really great job at this mm-hmm. part, too, man. Like, the whole time, I she, I, she was convincing as the child, as the adult psychopath, as a 33-year-old, as a 9-year-old. Just really well done. And... The dad also, so when the mom figures it out, she busts the fuck out of the hospital. She is driving home in the snow, sliding all over the road, trying to get to her family. Now, Max and the father are at home. The son is still in the hospital, and she's trying to get to Max and her husband. Her husband goes into the bedroom, and she has been doing all of these paintings. And when they are flipped under a black light, you really see what she's been painting. Yeah. And, and they're, they're creepy. Yeah, they're like, she painted a house and then under the black light, it's on fire and there's a bunch of people dying. And she, it's basically just everything she's done. Right. Or wants to do. There's two life size pictures on each of her walls, paintings of a couple having sex. Well, of course, the father, I think it's supposed to be, the woman is supposed to be Esther, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree too. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, pretty gross. It is very gross. And so then he's like, oh, my wife was right the whole time, but it doesn't matter because he gets stabbed and dies. Yeah. So. Really fast, too. You can see because she turns, she gets, she cuts all the lights and then he goes and he's trying to fix those. And there you can see that someone just pulled them out and he gets a little nervous and he's got a flashlight and you can see he's calling to Esther. He's trying to get through this, but he's starting to get creeped out. And then she just fucking stabs him literally in the back when we're not expecting it all of a sudden there's just a and she got him yeah it's done so fast like yeah this is a point sad 
Yeah, I had so much anxiety as soon as we find out who she is and she's alone with the dad and the mom's trying to get to her and it amps up. And I was like, whoo, this movie. And I was like, that's really unfortunate when he got stabbed because you're really pulling for this whole family. Mm-hmm. And that poor little girl saw everything. Yeah. Max, she saw her dad get stabbed and die. And Kate, though, on her way home, she fucking crashed her car through the house. I love that. Like, yes, bitch, you get it. <laughs> I'm here. But also, Esther has taken Max's hearing aid, so she can't hear or yeah anything at all. Yeah. So yeah. She's completely vulnerable here, this poor little girl. And now Esther is heading through the house trying to find her to kill her. You know, as a woman coming home to this, seeing my husband stabbed to death, which she does, and it's really sad. So sad. That would light a fire of rage inside me so hot. There would be no chance that little bitch could outwit me, outviolent me. No, ma'am. Yeah. There would be nothing she could do. Like, that would... I would kill her like no way, especially with my babies involved. I am Mm -hmm. coming for you, miss ma'am. And you better pray. It's a quick reflex kill. Otherwise it's going to be slow and painful. Right. Especially because we end up with this game of cat and mouse. She knows that the mom's there. Kate knows that Esther's there. You know, they're each trying to get to each other and kill the other. She sees Maxine in the greenhouse and she's standing on top of it. And then she sees Esther come in with a fucking gun to kill her baby. And she fucking goes through one of those panes of glass on top of her. That'd be me. I don't even care. I'll fucking die right now. But you're not going to kill my baby. I will land on top of you, bitch, and snap your neck. Honestly. I'm kind of surprised she doesn't actually kill her. Like, I would have. Oh. I'm sorry. She broke her neck when I fell on her. Oops. Yeah, the, I, I honestly, the police at this point, like, you, there are sources that will tell you. I got a call. Here's mm-hmm. the number that will tell you who she is. There is plenty of ways to prove that this person is a killer and a predator and a psychopath that has exactly. killed. There's a whole mess of bodies behind her. Right. So I will, at this point, do and there's fingerprints on the knives like it's like there's so many things at this point where i could kill her one not give a fuck and two also prove that she has been doing these things from the get-go and also you also have this little girl who she could take you to where the nun was Mm -hmm. the body the killing there's probably blood in the snow like there's just so many things like yeah and this honestly i said her little girl's honestly a badass like yeah like that poor little six-year-old she was hiding in the greenhouse and esther was in the greenhouse and like you said the mom was on the roof of the greenhouse so she could see straight through it that little girl didn't scream once Mm -mm. she didn't run she didn't she did exactly what her mom mom said said. Mm -hmm. yep mom said stay down mom said hide that's what she did that's a she is she was my favorite character this whole (laughs) film like she did such a good job obviously other than the antagonist because that was such a great role but mm-hmm. yeah she did such a good job now we fall onto the character mom takes the gun or the kid takes the gun i don't remember which one one of them takes the gun uh, mom takes the gun and puts it in her pants that's right they leave and then the cops are coming in and show up and they walk in into the forest and kind of meet the cops on the road 
But then, of course, that bitch gets up and she's gone. That's the kind of bitch you double tap, my friends. Exactly. Like, like you said, like, you <laughs> fucking do something. You snap her neck. You braid something. You mm-hmm. or disable her, break her legs, like something. Like, you give her to the cops. But from what the Russian doctor said, she kept trying to break out of her straight jacket. That seems like the kind of bitch you just kill. Right. Um, like One that won't give up. <laughs> yeah, you just you just cut your loss there. Like, ain't nobody going to miss her. <laughs> right. They thought she was nine. Nobody it, even knew she existed. Exactly. Like, You're the only people with any connection to this person. No, no. Bye. And of course she's gone. And then they're in the woods at night in the snow, but there's this scene of her running at them and it was good. Like, it was mm-hmm. creepy. But now they got another fight scene and they're on this lake and they fucking on this ice and they fall through. Well, she's stabbing the fuck out of her until Maxine, the six-year-old, gets the gun and tries to aim it. I'm like, oh, my God, girl, you're going to kill your mother. You're going to kill your fucking mother. And she shoots her. And it get, it's so powerful for the six-year-old that she slams back into the snow. And she just got the ice, but it cracked around them. And that's yeah. how they fell in. But that's the stuff where I'm like that's the shit in therapy that you're gonna have to remember forever like i remember when i was six years old and picked up a gun to try to save my brother's life that's the story you're gonna remember yeah that is yeah and then there's like this you know standoff in the in the standoff but like the fight in the ice yeah and she finally kicks she's a person who kicks people and breaks her fucking neck i'm not your fucking mommy yeah it's great so I I I liked the scene of her like floating down and, and mm-hmm. being dead. And then, you know, they're walking away from everything and then it just kind of ends. So you're just kind of left with this family of the dad being dead, the brother being in the hospital, and both of them being cold, hypothermic, and traumatized. It's great. Right. It's like literally your mom just fell through the fucking ice. You better hope those cops find her quick. Hypothermia. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to when at the end she's kind of walking up on them. But yeah, dude, like this film gave me so much anxiety (laughs) and the antagonist was really well done. I thought it would score a little bit higher. Usually I will say I'm kind of a pretentious bitch and I usually align with Rotten Tomatoes pretty well. This has a 63% audience score and a 56% critic consensus. And I would go a lot higher than that personally. Because, like I said, I've been waiting a long time to watch a film like this. And I thought it was really, really well done. And the whole time, I was kind of wondering what the motivation here was for Esther. Was she just crazy? Was she someone that wanted to stay in the system? And when they started to figure it out, did she kill them? You know, why? That's kind of what I thought maybe it was. But it was, somebody said, this ugly mess with a slew of unintentional laughs, but not enough to repay the 123 minutes time suck um it does squander a strong setup though with an increasing amount of camp the movie looks and sounds pretty but that's not enough to warrant giving it a shot and those were just the bad ones that come up but there are some good ones right here on the first page i thought it was really entertaining and i thought it was had a really like tense atmosphere so personally for me it gets like a solid like four and a half like a four to four and a half i t- genuinely hold on to my fives for like 
true masterpieces, mm-hmm. but I'd say four and a half. Like I really enjoyed this. I would watch it again. I know it does lose some of its rewatchability, but again, I already knew the ending and I still had a really mm-hmm. good time with it. So I know you may have some trivia and I might've jumped ahead a little bit, but you know, I, I just had a really good time with it. So you're good. I actually didn't find any trivia that I felt noteworthy enough. So I don't have any trivia for this one, even though I love this movie this movie gets a five out of five for me i'm so happy that you loved it so much i love the story i love the family i love the couple dynamic obviously as you've heard a few times it's beautiful this movie is so gorgeous i have fallen in love with snowy horror recently and this is this is one of the first ones for me because it is snowy the whole time and it Mm -hmm. really brings out those bright colors and stuff obviously i think this is vera famega's best movie like she's been in the conjuring she's been in so many other things i think she's the best in this one five out of five yeah it's a it's a great watch i mean literally blood pressure was raised and everything i feel (laughs) like so Hope you enjoyed this review of Orphan from 2009. You know where to hopefully find us by now. Everything is the Extra Sisters podcast, except for Twitter, which is at the Extra Sisters. If you would like to join our little Patreon family, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. We really appreciate our patrons over there. Thank you so much for hanging in there for 2020. As cases spike and are spiking as we are in cold and flu season and COVID is on the rise, we just hope you are staying safe and well and inside as much as you can. Please stay safe. Please stop socializing so we can get through this as much as you can. Don't do big gatherings. Stay with your close groups. And please, as always, we hope you are well. And next time, she's been 12 for 200 years and has moved in next door. Till then, stay creepy.